0: Stevie, speaking of breaking the hearts of youngsters, um, I wasn't going to go there, but I'm going to. Oh, um, yes, yes. I, I won't tell the story myself. I'll let you tell it in your own words. But there was a, a warm-up that we did one day out at Rupert's Wood many a year ago in the Rezies. Do you want to tell the story? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a grand week of lockdown welcome to the nodcast as always i'm steve mann i'm joined by a very comfortable looking sam deegan
1: deegs welcome hey steve how are you
0: good you just looking like you just woke up there obviously you're nah. really settling into <laughs> the covid lockdown um, and there was always lockdown. not not a whole heap you're right and uh as always rob mann joins us as well looking a little more sprightly than deegs is rob thanks steve yep excited to be here always am good thanks for the response within 10 seconds of the question as well unlike digs um and to just carry us through the second of what's at least going to be three weeks off uh, we've brought out another of the big guns from the club to really just keep the podcast flying uh, this man is 270 game veteran former captain of the twos um, former barman at around about 270 functions as well or, or you know just made his presence felt on the door Many a '90s Disco. I talk, of course, of club legend Steve Ballack. Stevie, how are you,
2: man? Very good, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's uh, been exciting listening to you guys and uh, looking forward to what's ahead uh, on this uh, evening now.
3: <laughs> Very fortunate to get hold of Stevie. He wasn't here. We've been trying to track him down for a few weeks. It's good to get him finally on board and, and especially in a bye week where little less footy content to talk about. Good to have Stevie on board.
0: We've just got him right no, in the look, sweet spot. Now, the first time we tried to get you on, I'd say it was about a month and a half ago, you, you had some dinner plans. Do you want to just talk us through that? Something uh, more was, important than the podcast, obviously.
2: It was a late notice, but uh, yeah, I got I got uh, the question asked, but it was my birthday uh, dinner night, so I uh, I had to make that with Adal and keep her happy and, and um, go out for some tucker. Fair enough. So, so you're putting enough. your own birthday and your
0: relationship ahead of the podcast.
2: It's not a good start. It was uh, early days of the podcast. I wasn't sure how it was uh, going to be received. <laughs> I wasn't too, uh, wasn't too um, fussed about missing the early ones.
3: So yeah. how, do you, how do you juggled it, Stevie? So you've obviously been around the club 15 years, more,
2: 20? Oh, well, how- yeah. I, I, I've been at Masnod since I was under 13 or under 14, so I'm – I'm um, pushing past twenty years now, yeah. So those two hundred and seventy
3: games—that doesn't even count juniors. So you play juniors
2: here as well? No, I played juniors, but yeah, that doesn't count. And um, yeah, I didn't play any under nineteens either. So um, I actually left left the uh, the club for one year after under seventeens. I wasn't good enough to jump straight up to the under nineteens, and, and went to Mulgrave for a year, and then um and then came back to Mazenod and started playing from the threes uh, the year after that, and. That lasted about three games and pretty much twos ever since then. So, did you bring the the Chamberlains across from Mulgrave? Is that how they got down here? Uh, I, I didn't myself. I, I didn't even know them before they before they got there. So, um, oh, right, okay. Because they, yeah. they were a
3: Mulgrave experiment as well, weren't they?
2: Yeah, the, yeah. Kev was the uh, the coach for them for years down there, and and they had their ensemble. They uh they all travelled over together. Yeah, nice. The um.
0: Mulgrave Football Club has spat out a few that we've happily gobbled up, it sounds like, over the years. Obviously, the man who doesn't like us talking about him, Treasurer Don Barker, former <laughs> Mulgravian. We've, we've clearly, their loss has been our gain over the years. Um, the like out, what did year did you, you? debut, seniors?
2: Uh, it was I only played seniors for one year, uh, one season, about six or seven games, and it was under Ben Robinson. So early 2006 yeah
3: steve the thing i love about you is that i reckon you were you were the ultimate resi before the ultimate resi was a thing don't you you reckon you sort of were a pioneer for that mindset and that um way about going that footy
2: oh i think there was probably a few of us that just settled into our own little uh unique clique and and we just ran with it for years and and because we were there longer than most other people and, and even the coaches they just let us do our thing, and and um and we just made the most of it and really enjoyed everything we did.
1: I, I remember coming down when I was like fourteen or fifteen, watching the games and the resi like sort of halftime. Steve would be out the back having a having a dart, just prepping himself for the second half.
2: We used to have uh, quite a few. Used to be over half the team that used to go out the back after after a game and. And have a cheeky bad boy and and then that's just slowly dwindled off over the years and and um and you don't see anything. They're I, the I baby, still they're vaping. Like, yeah. I still uh sneak off during the uh during a training or during a game and, and have a cheeky dart behind the shed or something like that. And I cop cop a bit of grief off a few players and a few staff and but uh, every every uh, every function without fail, we got a player or two coming up to me. going, Stevie, can I grab a dart? Can I pick a dart?
3: <laughs> so, we might have to do a name and shame later. Who the um, who the serial pests are that you know take their footy quite seriously, but when it comes to a function, they're they're trying to um, bum the dart off you.
2: Yeah, it used to be pretty sneaky, and they'd they'd come up to me and, and sneak it away. But these days, it's uh, just in front of anyone. They don't care. It's. <laughs> it's all. All that this ladder.
0: it's back in <laughs> vogue. I remember when you talked earlier about half the team going out after a game, I was playing resies through that era. And I'd basically be sitting in an empty change room by myself after the game, just you know, me and the trainer, him offering me a bag of ice while everyone else is out there puffing away, and there's a big cloud of smoke looming outside the window. So times have definitely changed. Who were core to that
3: that era, Stevie? Which sort of players were in the
2: ultimate resi heyday? Uh, I was I mean throughout the whole time it was definitely me and me and Cam Rain. Um, mm-hmm. we wouldn't we wouldn't even take our boots off before we headed out the back. Um, <laughs> but we had our, our usual suspects were uh Lukey Hawkins, Dave Maskell, Teddy McDowell, um, a few of the ladies, the, the Bambies and Clavos would love to come out and um, and have a chat with us. And and sometimes people would just come out to talk to us just because they knew we were gonna be there. <laughs> K- Kev King would roll around with a cigar, wouldn't he? Oh. Kev, King, Kev King loved the little cigar and he, he loved uh, pinching a dart or two off us, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> who, who was over the, as a sort of illustrious, probably I'd say as, as someone who played the pretty much entirety of my career in the resies, I'd say probably yourself and Hawk were the two Luke Hawkins, the two most synonymous resies players. Who's the who's the best sort of, not not someone who passed through, but just the genuine resies player? You played with over the journey.
3: I reckon you're angling for something, here,
2: Steve. <laughs> me. It won't be me. Don't worry.
0: I'd say eighty so percent of my kicks were received from Steve, so he's not going to. bestow are going to me.
2: The ultimate twos player would have to be your Cam Rain, who who, um, mm. who pretty much hardly trained, um, even in our successful years, hardly trained, and he could just rock up and kick a bag of ten uh, if he felt like it. So
3: and is it, he someone that just didn't didn't want to play senior footy just didn't like he was more about just enjoying his playing residence?
2: Yeah, I, th- I think so it was more of the the effort that he would have to put in. Um he he was just so skillful in what he did and he was he was pretty lax about his football. Just loved Saturdays, just hated Tuesdays and Thursdays and didn't want any <laughs> more effort to get uh put into it to uh and I think senior's would have been too serious for him as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough it seems like so what you'
3: obviously you've been around each each grade what's the what's the difference about resi's footballs what's the what's the different mindset about it what, what, what's different
2: um oh the pressures obviously not there as much um, oh, a, a heap less so this, you've got you you've always got your segments or your twos you've got your yeah, four or five players that are trying to play seniors or up and down seniors so they they're taking it pretty serious and you've got your yeah, your other ten players that that are just um just love the twos and, and love having a kick with their mates and and um, just playing football. And then you've got um, you know, another four or five that that um they're a bit more average. Sometimes. Hanging on, <laughs> hanging on. <laughs> yeah. Over the years it depends. Sometimes we've got a full squad, sometimes we're struggling. Sometimes you've got some threes players that got called up by Tommy, he has to come up and and they're not happy about it, but they're just doing the club thing. So um it's just a lot more relaxed obviously um more fun yeah
3: and that's something sammy that you sort of just have settled yourself into this year you know you've you've obviously played a lot of senior footy over the last few years and you you've told you've told the coaching staff what i understand that you're pretty happy just dominating twos
1: no i wouldn't say dominating rob i'm barely getting through the games um so that's a message i've passed on to, to the senior <laughs> coaches but um now nah, resies is definitely fun De- don't get me wrong like i like i think most people if they wanted to um and were good enough they'd want to be playing senior footy but resies is not a bad spot to be um either uh, like pretty fun especially at the moment well the, the current Rezies crop uh, I've, I think a couple of times I've been the third oldest player in the team, which is I'm 24, so a bit of a joke. So um, that's my and my age group. So no, Rosie's is really fun. Warm up. What regulars are older than you, digs
0: uh,
1: so Daniel Hayes, Franny He's Polesti. 25 or something, 25. Yeah, 25, 26. I think it was a, uh, and then we got like. Your Robbo, who has played a couple of games down down new to the club. Jimmy Egan plays occasionally. Um, yeah, that, there's not many. And then, like, sort of my age group is the is the next next oldest. So, And that's interesting, too, because obviously with
3: the um, COVID last year, the under-19s are essentially an under-20, so we didn't even get a whole age group come through. Um, so it'll be even younger next year. But it's interesting, Steve, because... You've always said that you're a believer that you can't go, you don't want a too young a twos team. You're always saying the games that we didn't have a Balik or um, a school in that team, that the, the twos always looked a little bit vulnerable for experience, but clearly this year's crop's proving that theory wrong.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it's 21-year-olds, 20, 21-year-olds. You get It's the same at every level of seniors. <laughs> you get guys that come out of 19s and they're just... They might have been all right at 19s, but they get it. They, they just don't translate as well with the bigger bodies. That was always my take on it. So you just wanted a bit of a balance, bit of maturity for your team.
1: I want, to, I want to bring this up because I think the question might have been aimed at Stevie Ballack, um, but we got two. Oh, yeah, Rob, who was it aimed at?
3: <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, both, 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 both both. a lot of experience uh, now, so even- I was interested uh, to hear from both of them. I just thought two birds of one stone, just throw it out <laughs>
2: I, I think yeah, you don't see too many Rezies successful teams without a, a, a wiser head here or there, um, somewhere along the line. So we'll see how the uh, the boys carry on, but they're traveling all right at the moment. So
1: Well you you are you any chance, Steve, because you're the fittest you've been in years, you've you're happy to tell everyone. He's you've on the tuna salads. Yeah, you've got me covered easily at the moment. Um are you a chance to to play a couple of Resi's games or with the coaching and just bit
2: bit hard. Oh yeah, I don't think that the uh, the twos are, are struggling anywhere near that much, and um, I've enjoyed a couple of twos games. The, the Sundays have been a very big battle, but um, the, the days have been good so far. And and it's uh, no no tuna salad. I just I stick with the salmon, Rob. Just some salmon. salmon. Sorry, sorry, it's something from the upper shelf. Um, smoked fine. salmon is it, or just a bit of- definitely smoked smoke salmon, smoked salmon pasta. So it's all good. Mm. Changing tack slightly,
0: I have vague memory. Did you have your nipple ring ripped out in a football game once?
2: I, I did indeed. I uh, oh, I, had it, I had it for about ten years, and I used to tape it up, and it was all all well protected. and And every now and then, the you know, you get a bit sweaty, and, and the tape would just just fall off, and um, and you just pull the tape and just get some more at quarter time, or half time, and and there was one game I got I got um. A guy kind of pushed off me just to, to make a lead and he he grabbed at my chest and and I ran down and I tackled him whatever the, the, the ball up stop play or whatever and then I felt the tape and I've just grabbed the tape from under my top and and inside the tape was was the, the nipple ring still in there. So yeah. <laughs> just just tore clean straight out of the nipple. Yeah, that wasn't ideal. So talk me
3: through the decision to actually get the nipple piece. <laughs>
2: Um, I, I think I was I was living with um, with Teddy McDowell, and I think we just got drunk, and someone said you wouldn't do it, and I said yeah I wouldn't, so we just went out and did it, yeah. And you it kept up for ten years. Yeah, there was a lot of oh, because it, it was it, it it's not easy to get in and out. It's it's um <laughs> yeah, just easier to leave it in there. So uh, when and I how did it
3: play out on the circuit? Was it was a popular. Uh,
2: Apparatus. No, yep. I wasn't a. Uh, I wasn't a top off person. I, I'm a. I keep the clothes <laughs> on. Like I can so that was well hidden from the public. Have you still got it? No, no. Like it, that it was it clean. that day, right? Yeah. No, never to be seen again. Is there still a laceration <laughs> in the nipple? Yeah. It's it's healed up good now, but you can if you had a good look at it, you can see where it's been (laughs) torn. It was it was it's fine now, but it was it's it was sensitive for about six months after it got ripped out. You couldn't touch it. Couldn't now. It was shocking. So boys who play with earrings or nipple rings, make sure you pull them out. Don't tape them up. Did you play the next week? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was just a yeah, yeah.
0: Interesting that um, Rob's got a lot of questions on this topic, which given yeah. he ripped his ear in half about five or six weeks ago, might explain the really deep interest in this. But
3: It's opened up going, a whole world of plastic surgery I wasn't aware of. So, I'm, I'm, <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm, I'm into this stuff now. <laughs> um, Stevie, beyond your football career, you obviously took up a bit of a – We well, eased into coaching, it's fair to say, because you did the captain coaching bit for a, a while. Then you sort of moved into the – Stevie Ballack and Pulse, dynamic duo, down in the resis for a bit. Captain, uh, sorry, coached your way to a grand final. I think were you co-coaching that year? The grand final in 2016?
2: Uh, I, 2016. Was, no, I was. No, I was. He's assisted that year. So, yeah, just oh, his okay. little size so that year.
0: Clearly um, pulling the strings behind the scenes. Same and it. obviously, good partner in crime for the post-game smoke with Wayne Polder, who uh, yeah. loves the yeah, ECR.
2: Uh, yeah, exactly.
0: So so what's how are you finding coaching as opposed to playing?
2: Oh, I love it. Um, absolutely enjoy it. I um, like you said, I I did a my started off with the threes, did a I tried to do a play player coach in the threes, and I think I was the practice match in the twos the week before our season started, I broke my wrist. So that made me um, a proper coach in the, in the threes not a player coach. And then um, yeah, went back to the back to the twos with Colts and, and had some fun there and and then uh, Couple of years ago, Dill Cousins asked me to step up and, and help out in the ones, and I was a bit unsure because I'm I'm a twos boy, from from the days gone by. I like like having fun in the twos. Love going to the uh, the bowls club at halftime, and <laughs> um and uh, I wasn't sure how I'd I'd, I'd enjoy it, but um, I'm absolutely loving it more more so than than doing the twos, which I absolutely love. So um it's been good, and I'm really have enjoying it. To, yeah.
3: Have you had to adapt your approach to coaching? At senior level, then
2: at reserve level, um, no, I don't think so. I think I think I think it's probably a little bit easier in the regards that a lot of the ones players or all of the ones players um, are wanting to do the absolute best. Like I said, some of the twos, some of them are there just to have a bit of fun with their mates and and um, and and they're not as fit. They're not, they're not as talented, and, and you know it's a big step up to play ones, and um and everyone's committed there, and and a lot of effort's gone into getting there, so everyone wants to do their best and learn and listen. I
3: mean, you got a pretty talented group of players to work with as the forward coach. You must enjoy that.
2: Uh, I've got the uh, the easiest gig on the on the list there. As long as um as long as one of them are firing, where it's 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 all all systems go. So you can't get into too much trouble down the forward line.
0: Have you got any tips for a guy we've got on the podcast previously who's a, who's a goal-kicking coach in the, in the girls and has basically butchered the season in terms of the accuracy? As a really successful forwards coach, is there anything you've got for Jake Charman and you might be able to just take him under your I, wing?
2: I think he's just got to keep his head up and, and not listen to the other uh, pundits too much. As you've as been you <laughs> in the last couple of weekends in the AFL, it's, it's um, – goal-kicking is a bit of a, a fine art at the moment and um, – Look, we can uh, direct players and, and set up structures and systems, but we can't kick the ball for you. So, <laughs> Any any flack coming your way, um, Jakey? Just uh, beat it off, mate. It's uh, it's not your fault. Shin up.
0: <laughs> Wise words. <laughs> Good to see the coaches sticking fat as well. Um, now, we, we did uh, – sorry, we, we're kind of hammering you with questions in the early part of this episode, but I do have another one for you. Um, we, we spoke a few weeks ago on the podcast following your return to football when you played in the threes and we we had a narrow win. And I described to the listeners the last 30 seconds of the game, um, which which ultimately resulted in you having a shot. Can you just talk us through, There's we're a goal up with 30 seconds to go, you're playing in the back line and you decide now is the moment to just make a break for the wide open spaces of the forward line to try and get in the end of one. Just talk us through the rationale and the, how the play worked out
2: yeah well yeah we were it, w- it would have been a good minute minutes to go and we were we were yeah the six points up and <clears throat> being a coach I know the the game plan and the um and the game style and I thought what better way then rather than just try to save it and, and keep ourselves under pressure let's just get another goal and then we can um <laughs> we can be comfortable in the last uh, 10 15 seconds and <laughs> and if the ball worked, the ball moves a lot slower in the thirds. It doesn't um, sing up and back down the ground as as quick as it does in the uh, twos or the seniors. So um, I was pretty comfortable that I could have got back just in case anyway. So uh,
0: and talk is it the shot for goal. Just um, were, were you sort of just aiming to kick a point just to you know I don't know. Um, Mick yeah. Regan kicked one after the siren many years ago and got around himself when he did that. Was there sort of a bit of a homage to him going on? Or?
2: Yeah, I um I, I must have been a bit concussed or something because I, I did hear you comment that I took I took a you know a good three or four minutes, but I was pretty sure that I rushed the kick because the siren had gone, the pressure was off. <laughs> um I was I was about 40, 45 out and I just played my first game in two and a half years. I I thought I might struggle with the distance a little bit. So look I'll take a point. I was pretty happy with the point. Um you know didn't want to uh over celebrate at all. You know, it was a tough game for the opposition as well. I didn't want to put a nail in their coffin and Let's just move on and, and uh, sing the song. It was enjoyable. I will say,
0: credit where credit's due. For your first game in about three or four years, you, you had it on a string that day. So it was was very handy having you back. Um,
3: yeah, there so- was a spring in his step when he came to Preston that day too. You could tell when he met the boys. He, 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 you could tell he played and he played well.
1: <laughs> he, came, he came down to the girls the next day as well just to... to learn,
2: uh, <laughs> finish the victory line. Yeah. <laughs> now, I had to watch Claude run through the banner and... and no, uh, that's not what you were
1: telling me. We didn't even yeah. speak about the girls, mate. You were telling me about your game.
2: Yeah, wanted <laughs> to listen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough.
1: So we we
0: mentioned at the top we're two weeks into what is a minimum of a three week break um, with the COVID lockdown and then a buy, which which comes up this weekend. So um, how have you guys been spending it? And um, you know, I'm sure you're probably talking to various people from around the club. We've seen there's there's some training regimes which some are very very happily settling into. How are you guys finding it so far and what have you been up to?
2: I've been lucky enough to still still be working. So the, the weekdays um, minus footy training are the same for me. And weekends have just been boring as all hell and just um, getting around the fire and having a few cans, unfortunately. So hopefully we can get out this weekend and, and do something a bit more productive. So are you, are you working five days, Steve? Yeah, still, that, still normal. Still, work, we,
1: so. No, no, your normal week, isn't it? just Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then you take your annual leave Monday, Friday to play a bit of golf?
2: I do try to uh, I do try to take an RDO whenever possible for, for a round of golf, and over the last couple of years, it's been a, a lot more. So I've got a few sick days banked up, luckily. So, so what's the
0: handicap at these days, Steve?
2: I'm tracking at just over nine at the moment, so not going too bad. Through winter well, has well. anyone got that at the
0: club? Anyone...
2: Oh yeah, there's um the the new boys at the club, Maddie, um, Maddie Robinson. He um he plays off plus plus two point eight, I think it is at the moment, and um and like he said, he uh, he's pretty sure that he misses. Like competing. is
3: off similar too, isn't
2: she? Yeah, they they both play pennant for Metro, and and uh, there's a big daylight between uh, me and them. That's for sure. But all the boys have been getting into a bit of golf. Dees, we've played yeah. a golf together, haven't we?
1: Yeah, we played. We played. Yeah, I know. Uh, I thought you might bring this up, Steve. I know you. I've played one round with you, and you did hit a hole in one. Oh, um, what? Which is, yeah, oh. <laughs> I was. I was going to bring it up at some point, but Steve's tried to bring bring it up for me. But yeah, that yeah. was the talk us through it. Come awesome. on,
3: chill. you can't skim over that. Well, talk us through your yeah. hole in one from your perspective, Sam. I'm interested.
1: From my perspective, yeah. Uh, well, um, we were we were playing. We're on the 15th, at Keysborough. Um, I was on the phone trying to book grand final tickets. So we I think we led a couple of groups through, but we, we weren't playing in a comp or anything. It was just a, a – were we? Or maybe we were. No, uh, no comp. No, so, yeah, just a social 18 with Mitch and Jackson D'Angelo. And Steve's had his hit. And, uh, like, it's kind of hard to explain, but it's a, it's a really long hole. It's a 200-metre. Half three and it's hard to sort of see if the ball's gone in so Steve hit a ripper shot it looked, we saw like the the ball rolling along the green and then it disappeared and we weren't sure if it rolled off the back of the hill or in the cup I think two of us were, were thought it was a hole in one and two Steve was like playing it cool no 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 it's rolled off the back it rolled off the back but I think <laughs> I can't remember who it else, who else it was, but two of us were pretty confident that it went in, and then I think because I was on the phone, we let a group of two through, and they you went up to the green and and saw. Yeah, you ruined <laughs> his moment by making. Yeah. Oh, hang on, I just
0: finished my phone call.
1: Oh, uh, he's pretty happy. Pretty happy. They didn't pocket it. his ball, did they? No, you got. What did you get? You got something made up? Do you know from the yeah, club? Yeah, I've got
2: a trophy. I've got a trophy from the uh, from the club and. And that was probably one of my best rounds of golf I've ever played. So I've been talking it up to Mitch and, and Sammy for a few weeks and then I came out and did that. So I was pretty happy with myself.
3: So. <laughs> That's amazing. Is that your only hole in one? Oh
2: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: just the
1: one. You can give up golf happy once you hit a hole in one. That's the
0: Steve's had a go- uh, Steve Mann's had a hole in one as well. And yeah, no, I pretty much did give <laughs> up golf, to be honest after that. I've barely played since. <laughs> Um, thankfully, I a similar experience to Stevie by the sounds of things. In that, I did it at a hole, the fifth at Waverley Private. Um, good news was I did it in a tournament, so I got all the big rigmarole and on the honor board and everything. But it was a hole where you can't actually see the hole, if that makes sense. So I didn't get to see it go in, and I got very lucky actually because all four of us in the group hit the ball really close to the pin, and we got down there and there were three around the hole, and one missing. And as we're walking down, everyone's like, What are you playing? Oh, I'm playing a Max Fly. Oh, I'm playing a Max Fly. So, (laughs) why? And the other three of them were all hitting a Max Fly 2, and I was hitting Max Fly 3, and the mum was in the hole. But if it had been any of them, no one would have known which one it was. So, how long ago was this a Max Fly? Yeah, I I was 16. So, probably 20 years, almost 20 years ago. Yeah, Steve was
3: pretty stoked right. to put a trophy next to his under-14s best team man. So he was pretty happy <laughs> when he came home and had another trophy to put mantle.
0: Like I no, mantle. Let's, let's tell the truth. I came home and threw the under-14s best team man straight in the bin and said, clear the space, yeah. I'm going to fill this with golf trophies <laughs> and never did anything else again.
1: <laughs> We're due for a hit though, Steve, I reckon. Um, there's been a bit of talk as well about a Maznod golf day. Um Ooh. Not like nothing, no hard plans, but just people are asking for it. So we're probably, yeah, well, you probably got due for one.
2: Well, Tommy Warby's just got his new set of clubs. He probably wouldn't have even used them yet. And um and Simon Hall's been handing out drivers left, right, and center to anyone <laughs> who likes to pick up. So. how funny is
3: it when you, you walk past Hawley after training and he's got his he's got the boot of his car open and there's yeah. about five drivers. Kieran McKero just comes to training to get a new driver <laughs> and then he gets back in his car.
1: When I, I bought I bought my set through Hawley and funny you say that. I went, went over to all his cars to pick him up and Kieran McHale is walking past. Dude, I don't know if he saw it, Steve, but he, he's opened my driver box up and he's like, I haven't even touched my new driver yet and he's pretending to swing it on the road. I was, <laughs> I've never been so filthy. Um, yeah. Lucky he lucky didn't, didn't hit anything, but I was, I was getting very nervous. I'm actually in the
3: middle of some tense negotiations to buy Tom Warby's old clubs. So we're we're sort of, um, yeah, we're messages going back and forth, trying to land on the correct price. I, I, I'm I'm skeptical to buy secondhand clubs. Last time I borrowed them, um, the four iron broke the first shot I hit for the day. So <laughs> I know that he got it patched up, but I don't know how fucking trust him. So we're in the middle of tense negotiations at the moment.
1: do hey, you hit him wrong.
3: Well, funny you should ask that. Um, I, had, I, I don't play golf often, but one day out at St. Andrews, we played, a um, few of us went away for the weekend, and it was Josh Mulling, myself, um, head-to-head with Nick Thomas and Tom Orby, both good golfers. Um, I didn't do much for the first 17 holes, but um, we were one behind on the 18th. It was, um, we, is it Ambrose? So you take, take a shot each sort of thing and you pick the best. Um, for the 18th, we kept Joshie Mewling in the... I said, just stay in the cart, mate. I've got this one. So hit the hit the first, hit the second, hit the third, putted it in, and then pushed it to a playoff. And then I told Joshy to stay in the cart again and uh, buried <laughs> it. And, but for the rest of the day, I didn't do anything. But, um, yeah, a couple of good holes, but it doesn't really make me a good golfer. Good memories.
0: What have you guys heard about the... The rest of the club is there. I've seen uh, Liam Sherlock just out there three or four times a day just smashing out a workout, which is which is great to see. Clearly spurred on by the motivation we gave him on the Nodcast. Are you you hearing much of guys that are just smashing on the track? Because it is a three-week mid-season break. Is almost a little mini pre-season if you really Well, like the
3: sessions that Webby's put together, and does a great job. They're, they're pretty tough. Um, I'm still nursing a bit of a sore hammy from a couple of them. So it's it's not easy work, but it's great to see Liam doing it. But um, it must be tough for the coaches to sort of sit back and think we've just got the team where we want it. The twos are absolutely flying. The the ones um, had a great win against Hampton and three on the trot. Must be tough sitting back and thinking, um, you know, when are we going to be back playing footy? And are the guys going to come back in good nick?
2: Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's, like... it's oh sorry, Deeks.
1: No, you go, Steve.
2: Oh right. yeah, um. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's, it's just like your you preseason before the break of Christmas, and then come back again. You you do a four week block, and and then you you try to set a, a program for the for the next month off. And um, sometimes you know who's going to do do the hard yards, and and um and and sometimes who's not. And I mean, it's it's hard this time of the year as well because it's it's getting pretty cold now. The last couple of nights have been pretty cold and windy, and to get out and run around by yourself is a lot harder than running around with 30, 40 blokes getting your fitness up. So. Good work to the guys who've been doing it. I don't know, I've, um, okay. I've been
0: leading the way in the threes where we've got a bit of a side group and I, I went for a run day one, just got the screenshot of the old strata and then just every day I just paste that same screenshot
1: back to the group <laughs> just to motivate the boys to get the work in. So That's what, um, is his name Gronkowski or something from the NFL did for his new club? Is that... I, yeah, yeah, I,
0: Gronk. Yeah,
1: Gronk, Gronk. has. Yeah. Didn't he didn't – he, wasn't he given a, a training regime to do and he took seven T-shirts, seven different T-shirts, did them all in one <laughs> day, took photos in, eight, in each T-shirt and then didn't, t- didn't do another session? What a bad <laughs> hey, idea.
3: You, yeah, you, you could have used that. That would have been amazing.
1: No, I've, I've, I've done a couple of runs, actually. I've surprised myself. I went with Ben Riley. I've passed on the shin splints to him, unfortunately. Oh no! So, yeah, he he had to pull out. Um, hopefully, hopefully nothing, nothing too bad there. But I know that I, I saw a group of under nineteen boys down down at um, Scammell Reserve the other day as well, just having a kick. So in,
3: in pairs, um, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, two pairs of two um, yeah. down there. <laughs> uh, I think they bumped conveniently bumped into each other, so that was all right. And. So people are out there doing stuff, I think, which is um, which is good. And I know the girls; uh, they've made a big commitment. That well, every they, they were given is. an absolute
3: rocket by Claudia on the Nodcast a couple of weeks ago, and I know <laughs> that they all listened too. So they've clearly taken that. Um, and for those who who um, aren't up to date with that episode, Claudia, you know, eyeballed the Nodcast and said that. We uh, the girls aren't fit enough, and they need to cover the ground a bit better. Um, and clearly responded.
1: Yeah, they have, and they're and they're doing. Like I've seen, I've seen a few of the the their Facebook page, and and every single person's committed, which is which is good good to see as well. So they're they're all doing it. I don't think there's. I'm pretty sure it's been um, written down as to who's who's doing it. So yeah, they're getting. Uh, I forgot, I've lost, lost the words. What's the word I'm looking for? Rob, help me out. Conglomerate? <laughs> no, still not, no, I still don't know what that is.
3: <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. It's actually, um, I've used the opportunity to sort of um, tune up a few. As Stevie, you'd, you'd understand this. Um, as your body ages a little bit, you need to do the, the little things right and make sure you can um, get that longevity in. So I've taken the opportunity to um, get a couple of physio sessions in um, fortunately, Rees Thomas runs a clinic within my 5K radius. So I've been able to um, get some treatment. And the thing about I like going to see Rees during a stage four lockdown is that he actually hasn't removed his mask since last March. He, um, <laughs> he's, he is ha- he's that that face mask, that surgical mask that he's had on has not moved once. I've seen him numerous times in the last 18 months and he, has, he hasn't he has stopped. And even when through those, um, you know, through the... Um, you know, March, April this year when there hadn't been cases and we'd had donut days for three months, did not come off. So I feel very safe in his hands and um,
0: skilled practitioners. So looking forward to the second half of the year, a bit fresher and ready to go. Speaking of the work guys are getting in over the break, Stevie, midpoint of the year, how do you feel the ones are travelling? Any any particularly in the forward line, but I guess even more broadly, any guys down there catching your eye who you reckon are set for big second half of the year?
2: Uh, I think overall, as a team, we were we were travelling pretty good. Um, a couple of good wins in a row, obviously a couple of the bottom teams, but we gave them um, we gave them a, a bit of a pacing, which was which was good and and, and what we wanted. Um, and then a, a fantastic win just before we went into lockdown, so we were we were really looking forward to the challenge of Ormond, and um, and then Old Mentonians the week after, which we would have been pretty confident getting a. A win in that one, and and then pushing us right in the mix for the for the bottom of the four again. So, um, yeah, like you said, disappointing to where the breaks come, and um, and then hopefully we can keep this momentum going when we uh, come back and play a few of the top teams again.
3: And what about some of the the players that have caught your eye? Any anyone in particular you think that's having a a really good a good year?
2: Oh, obviously, um, the new recruit uh, Sammy Michael. Um, he's been pretty um, dominant in the middle. Even if he's he has a bit of a, a more of a quiet game, he's an absolute bull and um, and just throws his body around and, and really makes a difference to that team. Um, Warby back the last couple of weeks has made a big difference. Um, Ryan Lavery played his absolute best game last uh, last game we played, and he made a big difference. And um, I've been uh, yeah pretty lucky with the forward line. Uh, we mix it up a little bit here and there, but. Um, all young, all keen, except for Coves. He plays young though, and um, and uh, goal goal kicking spreads been pretty um pretty around moved around the the group and makes it pretty hard for the defending teams to play. And then we get Big Mac coming in playing down there. He's getting his hands to a lot of the ball. So second half of the year, we taking a few more marks and and Pete Pete Rosaniti's loves throwing three people around and letting Pooch pick up the scraps. So it's good down there.
3: It's interesting you mentioned Pooch because he's he's one of our favourites and someone in our uh, pre-season preview that I uh, identified as someone who's going to have a big year. Talk us through
2: coaching um, Nick Buscuzy. What, what, what do you get with him? Uh, I get a lot of nods, a lot of smiles. <laughs> he's very quiet. Um, it, it, took a, it took a good year before I... <laughs> I figured out if if he didn't like me, if he thought I was an idiot, or if he's he's just quiet. and And uh, I think we've got a little bit of an understanding now. We get along pretty good. So um, he's he's one of the most ag- agile and and fleet footed players I've ever seen. He's um he's that quick to to fall over and 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 get up facing the other way. And um, on his day, he he cannot be stopped at all. He's very dangerous.
3: He knows where the goals are. He's a, he's a good finisher, isn't he?
2: And uh, I've got an interesting, um, a little funny thing on, on Pooch a couple of years ago when he came up for his first game from the 19s. And um, we were, I think it was out at Hampton Rovers. And he, he had a bit of uh, accuracy trouble early on. And I think it was three quarter time. And, and he was he, he looked a bit down in the huddle and, and it was a close game. And I said, keep your head up, mate. You've, you've done well. You kicked two goals. And he said, "No, no, just one." I said, "No, no, you've kicked one six, so that's two goals." So <laughs> <laughs> his first senior game, he kicked one goal six, and uh, and uh, absolutely tore him apart in his first no, ever I game. I think we lost
3: by a point that game as well, didn't we?
2: And yeah, it was pretty tight. But uh, yeah, he's, he's just grown from that, and and he's um often and, often and running.
0: Stevie, speaking of breaking the hearts of youngsters, um, I wasn't going to go there, but I'm going to. Oh
2: um, yes, I, yes. I, I won't
0: tell the story myself. I'll let you tell it in your own words, but. There was a, a warm-up that we did one day out at Rupert's Wood many a year
2: ago in the Rezies.
0: Do you want to tell the story?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah. We're out, out in Rupert's Wood, which, which is a, a bit of a hike. Um, sometimes there's could be a different uh, sort of people out there, but we're out, out in, the, in the middle of nowhere. I think it was the, the original Ashes Ground for the cricket, but uh, we're out it's in the middle 100. of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're doing our warm-up and um, we're we in the, in the two, so it's obviously pretty early. And we're all spread out, 20, 22 blokes spread out, just doing our stretches on the ground. And there's a little kid, would have been, oh, I don't know, five to seven. And he was an opposition supporters kid or players kid. And, and he's in our huddle. Like, we're all just on the ground doing our stretches. And he's inside, just walking in between our legs. Like a coach, he's walking around and he's looking at people going, you suck, you're crap. User. and he did this for a good thirty seconds, and 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 he's coming walking over towards me, and I'm just looking at him in disbelief, and I was probably silly at the time, but I just just said, "Oi, Santa's not real," and, and he, he he ran off crying. So <laughs> it was a it was a little bit brutal, but look, he 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 got under our skin, and and I I I was I just lashed out, I'm sorry for that
1: Do you reckon reckon that was a planned move? Do you reckon he got sent over? It
0: it it didn't work because we beat him by about 130 points that day, (laughs) so yeah yeah, he really turned the tide on it That's amazing. Um, It was fantastic Um, One more for you Stevie, you talked a little bit about your off-field golf exploits, but um, I don't know how many people at the club know that you're a very successful greyhound owner Just got a a few dish lickers running around at the moment, just you know helping build your empire
2: yeah I haven't got any at the moment but we've got a, a, a couple of boys at work that have, have jumped us into a, a few uh, greyhounds and uh, I didn't know how it was going to turn out it was, it's pretty cheap to get into if you if you really wanted with a few mates and and then um, we just hit the ground running we, we got a good trainer and, and got a few wins and and then I started talking to to you Stevie about it a fair bit and and then I, I found out through you it's actually quite hard to get some uh, some good dogs and and um, we've been lucky. I think we've had about six or seven and and probably four of them have been really good. One of them, our best one, had about uh, 40 races and had over 25 wins. So we made a little bit of money on that one and and a couple others that have had good 15, 20 wins as well overall. So we've been very lucky in that scheme.
3: No wonder sure. our old man is chatting to you all the time, trying to find out exactly how they're, they're,
2: they're training, preparing. Yeah. That's the first time in years that me and uh, Johnny have had something else to talk about other than football.
0: <laughs> You're doing well if you can get any conversation out of him. that's not football. So um, you've, you've done a good job on that front. Um, the other thing just going on, obviously there's not a heap with lockdown happening on, on the field, but I'm hearing a lot off the field in the sense that there's some really, really hard work going on on some of these acts for the upcoming M Factor. Um, Ooh, we've yeah. talked a little bit about it on, on a previous episode and I think I whisper out of the Wellsford camp was they weren't too happy with some of the hype we were bringing to them. They wanted to sort of be a bit of an under-the-radar surprise performer on the night, so we won't apologise for that one. But um, Stevie, Deegs, Rob, have any of you guys been hearing much about some of these other acts? Deegs, obviously you're working on your own, so you, you're probably going to be, want to be pretty tight-lipped about that one, I imagine.
3: Well, I, I heard I heard two. I heard two maybe from yesteryear could be um, dusting off their performances. There were big hits. Um,
0: Nick Parry and the Fitball could be oh, making no, a comeback. That's the best act of all time. If he brings it, so, it's over. If he does that, so, then, no, he uh,
3: For those that – I don't want to give too much away, but for those that weren't around the club in the early 2000s, um, he, he did a famous act um, in – in the then, the now defunct Mr. Mazenod, where he stood on a football demonstrating his core strength and then slowly removed articles of clothing um, (laughs) from that position. So you would have been there that night, Stevie, wouldn't you? You would have seen that.
2: Yeah, that was very impressive. If anyone's ever tried to stand on a football, I don't recommend you do, but um, you can break a lot of bones and do a lot of damage trying to stand on a football. It's one of the hardest things ever. And also
3: the fact that, you know, the amount of not a juice that, that, that flows on an eye like that to then back yourself to get up on stage and then stand on a foot, football and, you know, do some manoeuvring while you're up there is absolutely amazing. But um, you wouldn't expect anything less from a professional like Paz.
0: The moment he removes his pants, so he goes one legged <laughs> to take the, the pant leg off on a football, I've never heard a roar from, a, in fact, a crowd or any crowd really. To, to rival that, it's just one of the one of the great things to see, and, and you can't. Is that unfortunately, you can't describe it. But, no, uh, no, I don't know. Does
3: it? It's is. it's it happened. I saw it. It's just it was unbelievable,
0: and I. It, it was. I was genuinely. I was in the, and I think Stevie probably would have been as well, but in the organising committee that year. So we were out the back where you tally the votes, and we basically just wiped off the whiteboard and said, no bother anymore. We know who's won this. <laughs> it's done." It was just he hadn't even finished his act. It was incredible.
3: And then you go from that to uh, a Chris Martin doing a bit of Elvis mining. It's the, the club's shifted a fair bit over in the, last, <laughs> the last couple of years, but that's all right. It's good to have range of performers.
0: Steve, you've been a permanent fixture at the M Factors over the years. Um, I guess first question is, we're we expecting to see you performing your usual role again when the event returns? And second question is, ever tempted to just get up on stage yourself?
2: Um, I'll more than likely be helping uh, Dominic out in the bar. <laughs> um, I'm glad that one slipped under the radar, but it was, oh, many years ago now, I, I did a waiter for a year. So oh, um, yes. <laughs> that one, that one slipped under the radar, which is good. And, um, nipple uh, in act- at, point, at that point in time, nipple ring Sorry, in, so, nipple ring in. Uh, I was, a, I was a late, late, um, late yeah, call up, but, um, when I was living with Benny Chamber, he said, we're we're, we're short a waiter and and lucky I was in, uh, I had to, you know, a little bit of a trim up and everything, but that was good. So, but that's <laughs> split under the radar, which is good. But yeah, no acting for me. I, I'll stay behind the scenes, behind the bar and just helping people with their beverages.
3: You and Butchie, you were a dynamic duo on the door as well for many a year.
2: I, I was there just to calm Butch down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 Butchie's, Butchie's a, a much-loved character, obviously, and and a lot of people find him a little bit um, aggressive when he was on the door, so I had to be the uh, the soft one. And I grew up with Butchie. Butchie lived around the corner for me, um, so we've known each other for a long time. We played footy in juniors together, so Butchie's a, a great man when you get to know him properly.
3: Is there any memorable... Um... Removals that he's done from functions that come to mind. Any any times that he's booted someone that
2: stands above the rest? Um, oh, nothing's been too outlandish. There was there was one one night, very vague details, obviously because I um, I partake in the beverages while I'm doing my duties, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> just to get into the spirit of the day. But he there was a fight once where. Um, it, I wouldn't call him jumped, but he, he got um, a lot of people offside when he was trying to throw someone out and there was four or five people pushing him and pulling him and people falling over and I don't know what happened in the end, but he wasn't happy and he was just angry with everybody. So just don't <laughs> upset with you if you see him. It's just easier for everyone. But he can, he changes,
1: he can change his mood so quick because he can be like that, but then next minute he's got all the cowboy shots lined up ready to go for everyone. So...
2: Yeah, you can't uh, take the cowboy out of Butchie, that's for sure. It no. uh, gets him back <laughs> in his happy place. Are you going
1: to... Um, so I think you said you're not going to partake, but what's the best act that you've seen um, from an M factor? Maybe one that you can probably actually share... Um, there's a few. Uh, well,
2: look, I can't remember too many, to be honest. There's nothing that that stands out as being absolutely amazing. I do remember. I don't know who the organizer was, but it was probably one of our last ones down in the old the old rooms downstairs, down there, down the bottom oval. And um, the organizers wanted to make it a little bit more spicy for the girls, and um, they decided to get a. a, a, a oh proper yeah. Strip, a proper yeah. I remember this. And um, I think he took. Uh, he was. He was good on the eye for for a lot of the women. They liked him until until he um, decided to get it all out at the end. If you know what I mean, and um and that that didn't go down well. It was all going well till then, and then he he whacked out yeah. the old fella, and, and everything went downhill from there. That was a memorable one. It
0: was like the it <laughs> that was, it a was long like time the that was a
3: long time
0: it, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. I was there, and it was like the you know the old Western where someone walks into the bar and the piano player stops and the lights come on and like just the whole thing just. <laughs> It just that was it. It was like, all right, everyone, we're going home. We've called your parents. Sort of scenario.
1: (laughs) It's a changed format now, though, which is is vastly different, which is great. We're we're
0: we're we're into the modern era.
1: I've heard a I've heard a couple of rumors. Um, Yeah, I like. I guess I guess they're rumors. I'm trying to encourage a few people to to get involved, but I was having a chat to Ben Riley. Sounds like he might come up with something. Maybe with his with his buddy Hazy. Oh, Ooh, nice! That'll be uh. What what sort of what sort of act would they go for? Don't give anything away, but
3: would it be a a dance, a song? I would it be an know. act?
1: I don't know what they would do. That maybe like a maybe like a I'll big just, poetry. It'd be good to see, wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't know. They could they they're pretty creative, so um, they could come up with something. I'm I'm sure that would that would bring the house down. I reckon, no. yeah. I reckon they'd be
3: good. And maybe like Will would have a little cameo as well. Maybe a bit of like... Um, yeah, that's a good idea. Maybe like a stunt double for Daniel or something. You don't really
1: quite <laughs> know exactly who it is. Yeah, that could be... That's a good idea. Um, well, I guess me and Cheryl could do do something similar as well. Just popping up out of nowhere who's who's who <laughs> the old, it's a single it's, the it's prestige. a single act, but really this like two. the
0: prestige where one of you's in one corner the of the the and walking of through the, yeah
1: yeah um there's a few others i did here i can't i've forgotten off the top of my head but i know i'm hoping that there's a there's a few girls um organizing something but like we like we've got three three and a half weeks or four weeks i think to think of something so Hopefully, there's some people getting involved, and and we can make it a good fun night. And you know, we went right to, get anything to but- Simon
0: Hall during the
3: week, and he was he said he came under fire a little bit for um, promoting his act from his his troop or his his group that he's involved in. So, um, yeah, he 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 got a little bit of flack that he's put a little bit too much pressure on their
1: performance. I'm <laughs> still yet to believe whether he's going to turn up. Um, <laughs> You, you just never know. I, like I've never, I've never seen him at a function. I've been, I've pestered him, and and he just doesn't turn up. So if he comes and doesn't act, I'll be absolutely uh, over the moon surprised.
3: Have um, we got the patties? Surely Zave and Gussie will come up with something.
1: Yeah, Trump, little trumpet. Some music. Band. it's perfect for the band, isn't it? We got to get a band going. Steve, you're a, you look like a drummer. I reckon you could be a drummer. Balek, I'm talking about you. You like um, Jimmy Beams, and I feel like he'd be good behind a behind the. I'd be. I reckon a
2: drummer. I reckon you. I, I did drumming lessons so in I school did. for about one semester, but uh, yeah, that didn't last too long. It's it's pretty boring playing drums, to be honest. <laughs> did um,
3: I remember an act where Ben Chamberlain he he had the cymbals? Um, oh, that was good. Yeah. So maybe if he got he got them back out, um, and he could sort of just play a a little cameo role in just a little bit of an homage to yesteryear. That'd be nice.
1: What about you, Rob? What about you? I know ever since I've sort of been around the club and involved, you've been one of the hosts.
0: Yeah,
1: but I haven't competed. Partakes.
3: I've competed. I have competed. I 2011. Um, so I probably was what 22. Um, and came runner-up. Um, unfortunately, I um, got a one of my mates at the time, still really close mate, um, Stevie Crisp. Um, he famously was the unanimous winner and very good dancer, Un- uncharacter- uncharacteristically good dancer considering um, he's played football. And, yeah, he was a big fan. And one of the few M Factor performers or, or winners to um, then get asked to perform the next week at a hens night. So he got the he <laughs> got a call up. So he went from the M factor stage one week to actually on the circuit the next. Um and he was he was getting cash cashies for a little while after that.
0: I uh, well, I like that you say you, you put your second place down to unfortunately Stevie Cruz part I think unfortunately there was a talent component to the night, which is what I did you because your uh your rendition of the um 10 things I hate about you song was uh, probably it was actually quite good, if not for the fact that you had to sing it. And singing voice, as we've discussed previously, yeah. is probably not your best strength. So no, that's true. That
3: was actually a, an era where we did a group dance. Um, so all the contestants did a, a dance together. So that was all the single ladies. So we had the had the, the stockings out, and the um, that we had a choreographed dance um, designed for us. And yeah, it was. It was a different time, but um, yeah, uh, good memories. And then was on the was on the waitering circuit for a number of years there before MC duties. But um, I'll
2: be I'll very just, happy
3: to maybe nestle into a bartending gig in my twilight years, like Stevie has.
1: I've just thought of uh, of one of my favorite acts of all time. It just just came back to me. You would have been there, Rob. I can't remember his name, but there was a, he it was the first year that I competed.
3: Oh, guys, not, not guys, the
1: um, Canadian. He came down out of nowhere. Yeah, the Canadian, um, like, yes. UFC MMA fighter.
2: Yeah, yeah. Came out of nowhere,
1: oh. came off the bus one day. Do you remember his name?
2: He just wanted to wrestle everyone at training his all act, the time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. But, well, that's what he got oh, like, on yeah. stage, took his top off and started doing MMA moves on the girls. And <laughs> I was like, I was standing at the back thinking, geez, this is, I don't know what he's doing here. <laughs> like putting someone in an arm bar and you know, who knows what he was doing, but it was it was getting um it was getting violent. We had to we had to tone him down. To
3: and he and him. he was really um he was really combative with the other contestants. Like he was sort of he was sending messages in the lead up like I'm gonna destroy you guys. Like,
1: yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> then turned up with nothing, no like nothing prepared and and then he just went out and did that. Yeah, and did then he had helped- to
3: go leave and buy a suit to <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't know. He, he that was he was. I don't know where he probably listens. To be honest, we haven't seen him since then. <laughs> Did he play any games?
3: I reckon he maybe played a, a thirds game. Maybe.
1: Yeah. But... I remember him training a lot, but yeah, that he just was, rocked I up. Mean... Yeah, he rocked up on the bus one day and then got back on the bus never to be seen again. <laughs> that was an. Interesting I remember
3: game. Tommy Odjue has had a really good. Um, performance where he had, he was sort of dressed in like an abundance of balloons, um, and he went around the room popping the balloons in in different ways. It was it was amazing. I, <laughs> I've
1: never seen like it. has yeah, um, been involved for a while. He, he's a good. He he'd be a good one to get back involved in an act. Yeah, um, he's
2: real creative. I mean, You've
1: seen him on the piano.
2: Yeah, unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable on the piano. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Beethoven. He's coming up with. I'd like to see. I'd like to see a group, though. I think, you know, I think few of those younger boys um, and girls could could really like it, you know, even 10, 10 plus, just a big choreograph yeah. something, you know, a choir, even just something out there, a bit of fun.
0: I feel like uh, Top Yodra is on the keyboard down in the mob, just to give a bit of. Back up to Gus Patty's trumpet wouldn't go straight. The synthesizer, also. yeah. Just to, I reckon we're we're starting to build a bit of a, a not a band at the moment. Um, you, you've 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 raised the thought, which we might have to come back into a future episode. But we've talked about a lot of the good acts, but maybe some of the absolute ones that have fallen flat uh, might be a topic for a future episode. But look, let's move it along. Um, Rob, your I don't know why we've just started calling it yours, but it seems to be your segment now. The uh, the, the weekly topic. Um, doing it a little differently this week.
3: Yeah, I, I really sort of want to take the opportunity and sort of pick Steve's brain a little bit. He's been around the club for best part of thirty years. It sounds like so. Um, just to just to get a bit of a best of list from him um, in a range of areas because he's he's obviously someone that's watched a lot of footy, uh, played a lot of footy, but also rubbed shoulders with some of the the probably the the less notable um, performers at the club would probably get the job done in, in different areas. And, you know, he's always got his ear to the ground about what's going on. So I, I suppose I'll start off with the, the more straightforward one, Stevie. The, the best player you've seen at Mazinot in your time?
2: Um, best player, most consistent best player overall, I'd probably say Nick Mann. Okay, yeah, Baz, Mann, obviously the the, the Tractor. Yeah, he's okay. um, he's he did it. Uh, top five player for five, six, seven years in a row, and um, yeah, one of the hardest positions running around in the middle as a big man for him, and and uh, he just did it week after week, year after year. So,
3: and some might remember we've we've mentioned Bazin before. He actually came up in our unusual injuries uh, segment where he got concussed one game, and unfortunately had a, a CAT scan and um, identified. tumor um in his brain and obviously everything turned out fine but that was a bit of a scary time steve
2: yeah he's he's like i said he's a he's a big man he's six foot uh six foot two and he's he's he was pushing probably 95 kilos plus most of his career that's why they call him the tractor but yeah he copped a few big knocks and yeah i remember he he did have that uh that bad case where he had a a couple of spots on the brain where they uh, they uh, end up disappearing, which was good. And I think he came back and played a little bit of footy after that. But um, yeah, I saw him mm. in, his, in his early days, and he was very impressive.
3: And the best goal kicker, maybe you might have already mentioned him, but is it Mike? I don't want to
2: preempt your answer. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, in, in a two sense, definitely Cam Rain, Um He he could do it all day long. I think he probably four or five years he's kicked eighty plus goals in a year, and went, we play. F- 15, 16 games a year. Um, so in a two sense, definitely Camarain. Uh Seniors, can't go past Chummer. Uh, he, yeah, he's yeah. Um, exceptionally skillful and, and, and he kicked a monster amount of goals over his career and the seniors in the forward line and he just did it naturally. It was good to watch. Best coach you've seen at Mazda? Best coach I've seen would be Ben Robertson. Two or three wow. years, definitely. Back in that in that early period, um, he gave his, me a senior call up, didn't he? he, he look, he he, <laughs> he gave me a senior call up, but he did say at the end of the year, he goes, mate, you did a really good preseason, but you're just not a senior footballer. So he was good and honest with me. That's why I liked him. But uh, he's just everything that he brought. His he, his game plan, his thoughts. He was passionate. Um, yeah, he was he was a, a good um change for the club at the time, and and uh, he left a lasting memory for me.
3: Yeah. And I was, he was actually gave me my senior debut as well back in 2008. So I played under Robbo. He was, he was really good. And did something I've never, any other coach has ever done is he had the, uh, senior team breakfast occasionally before a game. So we'd all get to the game about 10, have breakfast together before the, the two o'clock match. So that was a, yeah. an interesting
2: initiative. Yeah. He just loved, uh, loved everything, loved everyone getting around together. And I mean, he's always been sport focused and, and, um, and all his careers have been sport based, and obviously very good football himself before his knees gave out. I think it was. He played for Carlton a few times, so um, yeah, he was he was good bloke.
3: And also, probably introduced to the club, maybe the biggest name we've had on the
2: training track. Peter Siddle trained with us a couple of times back in that era. Do you remember that? Peter Siddle and his mate um, Patterson. They both came down. That was uh, that was James that was Patterson. He was working for Victoria, and that was before they hit the uh, international stage. And and uh, apparently they were both – oh, Peter Siddle's a Halebury boy, um, but they weren't allowed to play footy, obviously. They wanted to have a, a couple of runs in a practice match, but Victoria wouldn't give him the clearance. And then after a couple of pre-season sessions, with us, Peter Siddle went on to be a bit of a superstar. And Pato's still going now. any point.
0: And
3: he, he'd bring a bag of
2: bananas to training with it as well, which I thought was a bit strange. I, th- I think he was still eating meat and uh, drinking booze back then, so that's why he oh, was... was he? More Did you
1: catch him out the back for a quick dart?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no darts, unfortunately.
1: I think he was into the... I think the, um, Peter Siddle was into the darts as well, wasn't he? Drinks and darts, that's why.
2: Possibly, possibly. Maybe. No, it would have fit in. would have fit in. <laughs> What about toughest player that you you've seen? Uh, toughest. Um, uh, in a, a, a different way, uh, yeah. In a different way, of thinking, I'd probably say um, I'd probably say Nick Parry. He he's one of the smallest guys that used to be in their senior team for quite a few years. But he would um, he would throw himself into that many different situations. Uh, back pocket, half back, he was jumping back into packs dive head first. If he, he was our uh, Joel Selwood. If he didn't have a bandage around his head, he hadn't had a good game. Yeah. And I know, and
3: I know we shouldn't joke about it. And we've talked about it before, the, the sort of the, how much more aware we are of concussion, but he pretty much slept the the last half of his career um, after getting knocked out each week.
2: Yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was, uh, yeah, it's silly some of the things he did on the football field. He, Courageous, But, um, yeah, just looking at it, you just go, Struth, what are you doing? He's putting his body in the line for sure.
3: I don't know if I've mentioned this, but in the 2011 uh, first semi semi-final, first final we club had played in for a number of years, I think it was Paz's last senior game. He went back with a flight and took one of the best marks I've ever seen, got knocked out in the process. Um, and as a young sort of, you know, player trying to get the ball moving quickly, I... I feel bad about this, but I, I, I may have tried to pull the ball out, ball out of his unconscious hands.
2: <laughs> <play on. laughs> Lucky it was pre-camera back then. Yeah, that would have been a good one to watch. Yeah, so, no, I feel bad about it. But the umpire called me back, luckily, and the trainer hey, came out, but...
0: So that was his last game. So the last time he touched the ball on a last football field... Last senior game, last senior game. He did it out. out of
3: his hands. <laughs> I think... It, Talking to Paz since, he said that, no, nah, good decision. It's all about the team. You've got to do whatever, you, whatever it is to win. But, yeah, I do feel a little bit bad about that one.
2: <laughs>
3: Any other questions for Steve, guys, that you've you've noticed?
1: A few best ons? I would like to know when um, your mate Matty Boyd's coming down to the club to play. You've been promising it for years. <laughs> um He'd be really good to just slot into the seniors wouldn't he,
2: um, for the back half of this year? and I think age fine. profile, we'd
0: probably have to find a spot for him in the threes, I think.
2: He, um, look, I, I, I'm, I'm glad to call Matty a, a mate, obviously, with the, with the Bulldog link up and everything like that. But um, I, I was never, like, best mates with him, and he was good mates <laughs> with, a, with a couple of the other boys. And he came down to a few functions when he used to have a few jimmies and everything, but yeah, he's, he's over in Perth now doing the, uh, the, uh, the Freo Dockers assistant coach. So he's, he's on a good wicket there. And look, he's, if, if he did come back to play for you, he's, he's one of the fittest men you've ever seen. He's, uh, he's got a, a very good physique and uh, he loves his pipes. And um, yeah, it'd be good to get someone like that back there.
1: And what about your... Um, so we will sort of speaking about double gangers before, me and Cheryl's, and I guess the two hazies look pretty similar, but your double ganger is Mick Fanning. Um, the, the He's had a shirt. few over the years I don't know I yeah. Well the, your current Facebook profile picture Is Mick Fanning And it's, it's, it's a very good one Who else have we got?
2: Uh, yeah so I'll take the Mick Fanning one Because that's a bit of a compliment But that's, that's uh, yeah, I, I used to get that at the pub at night time When I had a bit of a shaved head I used to get Mick Fanning all the time And as a, the good story about that We were on a footy trip um, down, in, um, down in Torquay one, one year Just a, a weekend getaway And we went to the uh, local pub on the Sunday, I think it was. And, um, it was, it was only a few people in there. It was pretty quiet. And two people came walking in. Um, it was Corey Enright and Maddie Scarlett. And, and they came walking in the pub and, and Corey Enright stops in front of me. He turns around and yells, Oi, Maddie Scarlett, it's Mick Fanning. And, um, he was taking the piss out of me saying that I looked like Mick Fanning. And then, and then he asked me for a photo. So I obliged and, uh, and that was a that was a little uh, doppelganger from a footy trip. He, he thought I was Mick Fanning, but obviously mucking around. But there was a bit of resemblance. I'll take that. So there's another there's
3: another lookalike that's been around for a while. And I don't know if you appreciate this one, Stevie, but and apologies if if you don't. But um, so we all know Gary Busey He's a bit of a, a bit of a famous actor in America. And um, but his son his son Jake Busey. Um, if you if you if you don't know Jake, um, Google him. But he's one that's come up from time to time.
2: I've, I've had that yeah, a couple of times. Uh, I, actually, Andrew McDowell, one of our old friends, he um, he came up with. Um, I'm Jake by day and Gary by night. Um, <laughs> after a big bender, I can uh, I can I can have a few frosts. and yeah. So look, I'll I'll cop that and I get um, I get noodles out of offspring sometimes as well and some quite... <laughs>
0: Yeah. I reckon that the, the absolute like dead ringer that you are is Clay out of Sons of Anarchy. I think his name's like oh, Ron Perryman yeah. or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll He's, make it the photo for this podcast, like the the episode when we post it. But I'll just—it's nah, it's exactly
2: you. I reckon. I'll have to look into that. I didn't. I haven't seen Game of Thrones, so.
0: I know. I Game,
2: look, I a <laughs> He's
1: like a bikey <laughs> dude. You, you uh, oh, it's, it's, it's. I don't perfect. know. He's a lot older than Steve. Maybe a little bit, but I reckon the Mick Fanning, Mick Fanning looks a lot better.
2: Yeah, that was a good side profile. And like I said, yeah, a couple of times at the pub, people come up thinking it, so I'll, I'll post, take it. Post.
1: You'll have to post both, Steve. It, it, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll love me poll, we can put up.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's 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 really entertaining for the listeners as we talk about what Steve looks like, given they're going to be listening to this on audio and can't yeah. look at him. So <laughs> yeah. um, it's yeah. oh, you talking I, this? you're talking about yeah. Rod Perlman. you Steve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, look at him; it's spot on. Anyway, let let's move along. Um, Weekly whispers. Um, I, I might kick us off, boys, because um, I've got an apology to make. Um, first and foremost, I've um, I've had I've had. What started as a bit of friendly banter turned into pretty much lawyers' letters over the course of the week. So, I've got a formal apology that I need to um, to issue to kick us off this evening, and that that's to a a lady by the name of Darcy Ward. Um, oh, last week, yeah, you, I, yeah, that was that was crossing a line. I, I made a, I made a comment um, suggesting that Daniel Hayes, her boyfriend, doesn't do preseason because um, that's the quota that she gives. Yep. And um, I, I would like to apologise. Um, and sometimes in the rush to really nail a big story, we, we get our stories slightly wrong. And in this instance, um, I, having done some further research, can confirm that is all Dan. He's just got no interest in training over summer. Um, however, while on the topic of Dan Hayes, I would just like to call out a little something that I've been sitting on for a few weeks, but given it's not related to the current lawsuit, I'm going to go with. Um, and that is that The man who's obviously a very upstanding citizen, Um, you know, I think we we talk about him semi regularly on the podcast. He's one of the older statesmen of the twos, as referred to earlier today, Sam. And so, um, being, you know, the the great community spirited guy that he is, a couple of weeks ago, uh, had a little bit of a sniffle, thought, just going to wander down and get myself COVID tested, do the right thing. Uh, Dan Hayes sat in the queue, waited, got to the front of the queue, got his swab all good, you know, got his test. They, you know, sit there for a couple of minutes, we'll be right back. All good, mate, off, off you go. Car died. He <laughs> held up the queue to get covid oh, no. for three hours. They were genuinely, there was emergency services trucks there. There was the entire place. People were out of their cars with their masks on, tooting horns and screaming and yelling. And he's just sitting there at the front of the queue holding up thousands and thousands of people.
3: That's not the day that they were referring to where they couldn't get their quota of tests. So it sort of accelerated the leap into lockdown, is it?
0: I, I'm not saying that that's what's caused this wave. <laughs> I, I would not I would not say that. But all I'm going to say is a couple of weeks ago, a lot of people didn't get tested in the greater Monash area because one day oh. hasn't been maintaining his car to an
1: adequate level. That, that was a that tier what? one area. That was that was a tier
3: one hotspot.
1: <laughs> That Honda Civic is famous, famous around the, <laughs> the boys. The, I was,
0: um, I've been watching every press conference waiting for Molino <laughs> or even Dan to come out of retirement and just call him out because we know the uh, the government does like to name names occasionally. And I thought this could be one of those times. But what happened? Did he
1: just jumpstart it and, and off he went?
0: No, I think it was like a full-on tow job in the end. Oh, they, and-
1: they, they basically,
0: they almost had to chopper lift him out because it just, the whole <laughs> thing went into... Jaws are life out of its own, yeah.
2: <laughs> that put in a hazmat suit, <laughs> so um,
0: that's that's not even a whisper, that's just absolute fact. So, um, <laughs> our thoughts and prayers go out
1: to the people of Victoria after that one. Yeah, he's wow. kept that quiet. He'd say, anything. I hope he gets dropped
3: off when he gets his vaccine eventually, he doesn't <laughs> he? off. <doesn't>
0: would <drop> <laughs> still be there. I no, haven't heard for him. Um, I just heard from the lawyers. Anyway, that, that's, that's, so that's my, my uh, first entry for the week. And, and of course, Darcy, um, humblest apologies again.
3: <laughs> I've got a little whisper, actually. Um, so my understanding that against Hampton, there was a number of AFL scouts out at Central Reserve to, to scout one of our players. Um, so they all, you know, there's a the big contingent. Um, I think even Marty McMahon might have caught enough a little bit of turf for them to stand from and, and just sort of give them access to watch the game. And yeah, they come down to, to watch Mac Andrew, you know, big strapping Ruckman, um, showing a lot in the first part of the year. Um, at the end of the game, a couple of coaches, Steve, you might be able to comment on this, went up and sort of asked them what they thought and they got the wrong Mac, they they thought that it was Mac his younger brother uh, was playing for us that day. That's actually in the NGA, but um, they, it turns out that they got uh, McQuaid Andrew wrong. So um, yeah, there's a few there's a few AFL scouts that feel like they've lost um, a good opportunity to watch the last game of footy before the lockdown and last game of footy before the mid season draft. Um, they spent it at Central Reserve. Um, watching the wrong Andrew. So uh watch this space, maybe he might have shown a bit that day. Um, but especially under the tutelage of Stevie. But yeah, a few few AFL scouts a little bit unhappy with the, the miscommunication.
0: You got got any whispers for us, Steve?
2: Um no, nah, look, I'm I'm gonna play uh play a straight bat on that one. I'm a I'm a bit of a confidant now. I'm I'm mean, you know I'm a I'm a oh, senior wow. <laughs> You know, five years ago,
0: we, this would have been a four-hour episode, as you just divulge everything you'd ever heard in your life. You just life. got to play <laughs> your role.
2: Play your role, and before I had a different role. Now I'm a confidant. You know, players come <laughs> to me. I um I look after them. I take them under my wing. Um, I get the best out of them, and you know, and this just proves that they can, they can be honest with me, and it's all going to stay in house. <laughs> all right. well, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I don't believe but, that um, Sam. <laughs>
1: I've, I've got one. It's it's not really a weekly whisper, but it's a whisper that I've heard about um, Steve. So Ooh. as as we all know around the club, Steve Ballack is is a big romantic. Um, I heard that you might have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's agreeing. Um, I heard that you might have just. So you, you've had a, a girlfriend, a partner for for a number of years, and you decided to to propose, just sitting on the couch next to her, just tilt, turn the head and said, "Hey, you want to get married?" Yes, sweet. Suck down a few more Jimmy's. Is that any true to that?
2: Uh, I, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't claim it to be that that low key. Um, I had I have had a, a partner for a long time, and we did get engaged. Um, Congratulations. I, I, Thanks. Thanks very much. I is got this the ring recent, or, is it? No. So so started last year. I started organising the ring. I got a ring made up, and that took about three or four months. You know, very romantic, custom made, and and a lot of time effort gone into it. And and I'd planned to do it um, around her on her birthday, which was August. And um and turns out we were in the middle of lockdown during uh, during August. So I I had the ring for for about three or four months, um, just sitting in the back room and trying to hide it. And and I just – look, we've been together about seven, eight, nine years, I think, something like that. So I didn't want to prolong it anymore. So I did um, end up popping the question in the lounge room, nice and casual. and um, But I, I did get off the couch and, and get down onto one knee for the wow. occasion. So so yeah, she was nice. happy in the end. There you so, Good day. Uh, Good work there, that's, though, Deke. That's, nice. that's a bit of
3: Brad Kovac on the way to training. There's that's got to be a bit of know about
2: it. Yeah, at least I spent the night, uh, the evening with her. Um, yeah, coach just handballed the ring off and uh, went off for footy training and said, I'll catch you later. Oh, I don't need dinner. I'll get some at the club. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> He's hey, going to spend uh, the
1: rest of his life with her. So, um, true,
2: very true.
0: <laughs> The next two hours probably not that important. I feel like in lockdown as well, your options are fairly limited. So it's not too bad. Um, a former player of the club, Adam Norman, who a few of you guys would remember, he did the old proposal at breakfast, mouthful of wheat bix just slid it across the table. We well, reckon, uh-huh. kept eating. She <laughs> just yes, sort of said yes. <laughs> and they just got on with their breakfast. Yep. He'd be under the pump at the moment, Adam
3: Norman. He looks a lot like David Teague. So he'd be getting interviews from America
0: yeah he's a, he's a melbourne supporter so he's not all things are going poorly in his life in fact he's um we get we're going very down a rabbit hole here because he hasn't played for about eight or nine years but he is loving life some of the messages you see from him of homeschool it's just him laying on his deck drinking a beer and the kids just in the background at a table or something so he seems to be well, it's worked for him clearly the the formality of the proposal does not correlate with the success of the marriage necessarily so good luck to him Good
3: luck so to you yourself as well, Steve. Yeah, Thank it's usually really. see Sammy asking the questions around engagement. So I reckon recently moved in with <laughs> the uh, research.
0: Any any other whispers, boys?
1: Nah, not. Oh. Hopefully, hopefully had a lockdown and um, a few things will start happening again. But yeah, A few nothing. whispers
2: will start up on the training track when we get back to it, hopefully. Yeah, well, what do you reckon,
3: Stevie? Will we... Big session plan first up with from the coaches. You guys have been probably hidden, putting your heads
2: together, thinking. I'm looking, I was hopefully looking forward to some golf on the weekend if we get uh, let out this weekend, but I can't see that uh, the golf happening. But um, I've got a feeling we'll be out of lockdown and. I reckon we might get a sneaky text from PB trying to organise a training session on Saturday morning at a long weekend. So just just uh, wait around for that, know. just in case. But we'll I'm see. A, I'm booked. that for be golf like, as well, Steve. So that'd be
3: like Christmas morning for me. I
2: wouldn't <laughs> mind having a kick on Saturday morning. Yeah. So, but um, and then hopefully we'll be back uh, all back together next Tuesday and we're going on from there.
0: Well, let's hope for. Let's hope. For, let's hope so, and let's hope for some good news over the next couple of days. Um, Stevie, thanks very much for joining us on the Nodcast. It's been a pleasure, having you? And, and great to see you sporting every bit of Mazanod merchandise that we've ever sold while wearing
2: while sitting with us. It's been great. Well, thanks for having me, boys. It's been fun.
0: Thanks, right, well, Stevie. Uh, speak to you all next week. Awesome! Mm-hmm. Can't right. wait. Cheers.